The Moth Podcast is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You can earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to the Moth Podcast. I'm Suzanne Rust, your host for this week. I was born and raised in New York City. And on September 11, 2001, I was living with my family in Harlem. That morning, my husband had dropped our eight-year-old son, Julian, at school, and I was getting ready to take Sophia, our two-year-old, to the park. The routine. Then the news broke. What I saw on the TV screen was surreal. In a complete daze, I foolishly made my way to the playground, where a handful of equally dazed parents paced anxiously to the soundtrack of sirens while their children played. Back then, there were no smartphones in hand, so I asked an incoming parent if there were any updates on the situation. She told me that the towers had collapsed, and that was when I truly lost it. It hit me. Racing from the playground to pick up my son from school, I ran into another mom that I barely knew, and we fell into each other's arms. The walk home was long and otherworldly, and the fears and uncertainty that followed in the next days, weeks, and months I can remember them vividly. There is no chance of ever forgetting. So it's hard to believe that 20 years have passed since the tragedy at the World Trade Center. We still see it eke into our day-to-day lives on the news at the airport and banners still hung at firehouses here in New York City. But the experiences of the day and its aftermath is incredibly personal and specific to everyone who lived through it. Today we'll hear a story from our archive about the surprising and touching way 9-11 changed two lives in particular. Nancy Mall told the story at a showcase from our community program where the theme of the night was Across the Divide. Here's Nancy. Thank you. It was a regular Tuesday at work. It was a beautiful day. And I was standing on the roof of the New York Times building in Times Square. Um, I was on the roof because I'm an elevator mechanic, and that's where the elevator machine rooms are. I was drinking a cup of coffee and watching the traffic below, and I heard the phone ring in the motor room. That usually is a bad thing. It means somebody's stuck in an elevator or somebody's complaining about something. So I, I went in to answer the phone, and it was my mother. Now, I hadn't spoken to my mother in maybe two years, so it was strange on so many levels. It was strange (laughs) that she would call me, that she would call me on the roof of the New York Times, that she would know that I was on the roof of the New York Times. And she said, are you okay? 
I said, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, sorry, I haven't called. And, and she's like, no, really, are you okay? And I said, I'm okay. Are you okay? She said, I'm okay. I said, okay, that's great. Um, she said, a, pl a plane hit the, the World Trade Center and I was worried about you. I said, well, that, that's sad. And she said, no, really, it's, it's, it's serious. And, and, and I just wanted to make sure you were okay. And I said, okay, I'm okay. Uh, and, and we hung up and I, you know how the rest of the day went. Um, the next day I was back at work and, and the phone rang in the motor room and it was my mother. And she said, how, how are you doing? Are your friends okay? Um, where do you live? Is your house okay? And, uh, and I said, my, most of my friends are accounted for and the house is okay and, and I'm, I'm back in Times Square. I'm, I'm safe. And, and, uh, and she said, well, how, how's my city? And let me preface this by saying my mother was a New Yorker. She lived in Jackson Heights, Queens, and, and then in Murray Hill. And, and in 1937, she was Miss Larchmont, she'd have you know. Um, and, and we don't, well, we didn't, we didn't get along. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't agree on, on really much of anything. Uh, she's, she was a Republican and as a Democrat sliding toward communist. And, <laughs> and she's a devoutly Catholic person, and I'm very much not. And she's, she was straight, and, and I'm gay. And she, didn't, she had a really hard time with that. And so anytime we tried to talk about anything, food, movies, politics, religion, uh, we'd end up in opposite corners of the room hissing at each other. And, and we just sort of gave up, because there wasn't much in the relationship that fed either of us. And every time we got together, it ended in a terrible fight. And, and we just sort of let it go. So here she was calling me a second time. And I was really touched. It seemed like she actually cared, which I did not think she did. And, and she said, you know, during the war, when your, your father was overseas, all us ladies had to go out and keep everything open. We had to go to, to concerts and, and sports events and, and museums, and you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to keep my city alive for me. Um, my mother had left New York and gone out to take care of a sick relative in South Dakota and was foolish enough to marry a cowboy. <laughs> so she was calling me from the West, and she hadn't been back to New York in, in decades. Um, but she still thought New York was her city, and she wanted to know how it was. So we, um, we developed a, a kind of a rhythm. Every morning, I'd get a little five-minute phone call from my mother to see how her city was. And she'd ask me what I was doing. And, and so I said, well, I, I got tickets to Joe's Pub, and I saw Justin Vivian Bond, and, and they sang Benny Goodman songs to kind of keep everyone's spirits up. And she told me about going to the Waldorf Astoria and dancing to Benny Goodman. And she said, you know, what are you gonna do tomorrow? So I, every day I had to come up with like a little, what did I do and, and how was I keeping her city alive? And I was going to theater and I was going to sports events, which I hate. And I mean, I was, um, <laughs> one night I was on emergency callback walking through 
Times Square going up 6th Avenue and and my little flip phone rang and it was my mother because at this point she'd gotten my phone number so she could call me whenever she wanted to. And she said, how's my city doing? Tell me about it. Hold up your phone and let me hear. So I walked along 6th Avenue and she could hear the horses clopping around Central Park and she could hear the taxis honking. And she said, what's it look like? And I said, well, every taxi's got this little plastic flag hanging out of the window. Every business has a flag on it. Even the gay bars have flags on them. <coughs> I said, it looks like Kansas. <laughs> and, and my mother found that touching. And she's like, well, I'm glad you finally got some patriotism. <laughs> and she said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about visiting you. So uh, just put that in your mind. And... <laughs> This was a scary thought, so I thought, I'll just keep her at bay with a few more stories. And then <coughs> I, got, I got tickets to the opera. So the opera was something I never wanted to go to, and I spent four hours listening to this Mozart thing that went on and on and on, and everybody was dressed like my mother, and it was very stuff, stuffy, and it was very boring. And then at the end, this red-haired lady came out, and she sang this aria, and it was gorgeous. And... I knew nothing about opera, but I discovered that night that they sing without microphones. They're just freaks of nature, and they can fill this huge auditorium with just what God gave them. And at the end of this aria, all these stiff-looking people stood up, and they started pounding on the boxes and screaming and throwing flowers and shrieking and stomping. And it was like Yankee Stadium in the cheap seats. And I was like, this is really raw. This is really visceral. I get opera. So when I told my mother about that, she said, we're going together, I'm coming, I'm coming to JFK, come and pick me up. So I drive out to the airport and I'm terrified because we've been having this beautiful little relationship where I make the city come alive for her and she makes the city come alive for me and everything's great in five minute increments, but now we're gonna be stuck together for a week. And I don't know how smart this is because it's a beautiful thing and I think it's all gonna go um, <laughs> So I pick her up, I get her gigantic suitcases, I put her in the car, and we're driving in semi-silence, because I think she's also scared. And she says, so have you been going to mass? And I just let that sit there for a minute. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then there was silence. And then she said, well, well, I have some things in the suitcase for you. And I'm hoping, chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies. It turns out the Legion of Mary went all over Sun City and bought every dust mask they could find, which was really sweet, because we had none. All of the people who were working downtown were out, and, and we appreciated that. Um, and she said, and I've got something else for you. So we got back to Jersey City, to my little skinny 12-foot-wide house, and we went upstairs to the guest room, and she unzipped this bag, and inside it was the flag from my father's coffin. I think I mentioned he was a a B-17 pilot in World War II. And those coffin flags are big. And my house is small. And she said, do you mind if we hang it on the, on the house? I know you're not patriotic, but... I said, yeah, I would love it. So we opened the two windows and we, we dropped it down the front of the house and it basically covered the whole house. <laughs> and so if anybody doubted my patriotism, they doubted it no longer. And the rest of the week went really well. We had like one little fight and we worked it out. And we stayed away from religion and we stayed away from politics and we stayed on 
culture. We, we went to things together and, and we loved each other and we enjoyed each other and we had those five minute phone calls for the next nine years of her life and I, I miss every one of them. And I have tickets to the opera for next Saturday. That was Nancy Mull. Nancy retired from the elevator business and now works for Illuminate Food, which brings produce to people's homes directly from local farmers. We followed up with Nancy to hear how she feels about this story today. Here's Nancy. When I did this moth recording at the Bell House in Brooklyn, it was a year before COVID hit New York. There's so many similarities between the 9-11 times and these. New Yorkers cheering for first responders, New Yorkers banging pans for healthcare workers, New Yorkers caring for one another, New Yorkers protesting, New Yorkers grieving. When my mother was a child, there was a polio epidemic in New York, and she could never forget the wails of the grief-stricken mother next door when her playmate died. She would have been the first in line for the COVID vaccine. How else can you get the city up and running again? There are shows to see and dinners to enjoy and jobs to save. And I'm sure all of my mother's masks would have matched her outfits. That was Nancy Mall. We're thinking of everyone who's still affected by this tragedy today and every day. From all of us here at The Moth, we're sending our love and support. Thank you for listening. Suzanne Rust is The Moth's senior curatorial producer, a host of The Moth Radio Hour, and of The Moth Podcast. This episode of The Moth Podcast was produced by me, Julia Purcell, with Sarah Austin Janess, Sarah Jane Johnson, and Suzanne Rust. Nancy Mall's showcase story was directed by Michelle Jalowski. The rest of the Moss leadership team includes Catherine Burns, Sarah Haberman, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Jennifer Birmingham, Marina Cluche, Brandon Grant, Inga Gladowski, and Aldi Kaza. Moth stories are true as remembered and affirmed by storytellers. For more about our podcast, information on pitching your own story, and everything else, go to our website, themoth.org. The Moth Podcast is presented by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange helping make public radio more public at prx.org. Support for The Moth comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash moth. That's odoo.com slash moth. Odoo, modern management made simple.